to Out of the Box with Christine, the podcast for conscious entrepreneurs. Are you willing to step into your greatness? Are you ready to shine? Well, get ready, Truth Seeker. You're in for an amazing ride. And now, here's the host of the show, Christine Blasden. Welcome back to Out of the Box with Christine. I'm your host, Christine Blasdale. And today, I'm so happy that you tuned in today because this program, we're hoping it's going to help a lot of people who are going through a lot. Let's face it, we've all gone through a lot of stress, anxiety, depression over the last two years. And for those of us who have been working on monitoring how we feel, our beliefs, our thoughts, um, that's all great and well, but there's uh, quite a few people who've become quite overwhelmed by this whole pandemic, loss of jobs, separation. And today we're going to be tackling those issues with my very special guest, Laura Rhodes Levin, who is the founder of the Missing Peace Center for Anxiety in Agoura Hills, California. My, my stomping grounds, girl. <laughs> Laura, welcome to Out of the Box with Christine. Thank you so much for your time today. Oh, thank you for welcoming me down under. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're, you know, I've been, I, like I said, I've been watching some of the, the, the past media presentations that you've done on local news and also on Yahoo News. And one of the things that I really like about your, what you were talking about is pulling people back from that fear of the unknown, which we've all experienced. It's been it's been a crazy two years in human history and how you've you're able to pull people back and to remind them about life and the simple things and the things that are really important in life. Um, can you talk about a little bit the last couple of years, what you've been going through with your clients and um, and the work that you've been doing specifically around the whole pandemic? Absolutely. Um, and again, thank you for having me. You know, everyone who's listening, just take a moment right now and just stop and think about all the things that you do have rather than the things that you don't have. You were saying earlier, you know, people have gone through job loss, financial strain, health issues. And the truth is, you've been through those things before and you will go through those things again. But ultimately, we end up being okay. Even in the God forbid situations of death, our bodies, our, our minds, and our emotional systems are trained to deal with that. It is a part of life. And we tend to get into catastrophizing. And most of the catastrophizing is around the unknown, as you were saying. There's a a great saying, I wish I could remember who the quote was, it was Miguel someone, but it, it is, my life has been full of many misfortunes, most of which have never happened. <laughs> and what that means is we sit around and we, we catastrophize and we take ourselves through these scenarios that are just exhausting, frightening, um, <clears throat> and doom predicting. So I was mentioning to you before the podcast, I love the book, The Four Agreements. And the third agreement is make no assumptions. Because when we do that, we're assuming negatively. If someone's late, you think, oh my God, they got in a terrible accident. I hope they're alive. You don't think, 
oh, maybe he stopped to buy me flowers. Um, and probably neither are true. It's usually somewhere in the middle, but we love to, our brains are primitively trained, okay, to go to that worst case scenario, to scan for disaster. But we can't live in our primitive brain. I mean, we can, but we can make a choice not to live in our primitive brain, given that we do have a frontal cortex and that we can rethink things and rethink about things. And so it's about thinking about what is okay, what is the solution, instead of just obsessing on the possible disaster. Sorry if I went on too long. No, no, it's it's so true. And we do that we do that in a lot of different aspects in life, right? Oh, yeah. uh, I remember when I was in California and my now my wife was here in Australia and I called it this, I called it the spiral and the spiraling down the drain. And what that is like, you know, I, if I text her and I didn't hear back from her, you know, for a while, the, she doesn't love it, me anymore. Yeah, right. <laughs> she, she's off with somebody else. She's she's gallivanting around with someone else. And then and then it grows and it grows. And what happens is that the the more you the the, the more you dive into that feeling, it gets stronger and stronger. And that's where that that you know that water going the, down the drain, the spiral happens. And it's really hard sometimes to to stop that spiral from going down. To, to stop yourself. And what I've, what I was able to do, it was, okay. I said, okay, Christine, logical, Christine, not scared little, you know, uh, Christine Ooh, cave child. person, Christine cave woman, you know, scared of the dinosaurs coming to eat me, but logical. Uh, okay. You haven't spoken to her yet. Why don't you wait until you do speak to her and see if you feel any, if there's any kind of weirdness or anything, or if it's just all the same beautiful, wonderful, lovey-dovey greatness. Mm -hmm. And it was like, you, you have that conversation with yourself and it's like, well, that seems smart. The other, the other little Christine is like, no, no, I know she's, what is that? Is, is, is that that primitive brain or is it that self-doubt or uh you know thinking that we're not worthy of maybe like a great relationship and wonderful love of your life that's that's a great point i th i think it can be both i think when when you take a very injured um past and you add that to the primitive instinct I, I love the visual of the swirling down the drain because literally you're just taking your life down a drain. I mean, it, it's, and imagine the power because even when she walks in the door and you've, you've listened to that logical part, she's already started behind the eight ball because you're already suspicious. So imagine if we, if we could master swirling it into the positive you know, where it's more of like a funnel cloud up into the sky. <laughs> and you're thinking, gosh, you know, I, I bet she stopped to do this and I love her so much. And when she comes in the door, I'm just gonna hug her and tell her how much I love her. And maybe I'll plan a fun evening for us or, oh, I'll even plan a weekend away from us. And then she walks in the door. If you, if you put the same kind of energy into that positivity, 
she walks in the door to an amazing relationship and time as opposed to all right you're you're good. where have you been right? all right i believe you here have a piece of steak you know um, and and that's what i really try and work on with people even in this pandemic I hate to say it, but a lot of good has come out of the pandemic. We have an appreciation for our families. It cracked me up that people were like, how can I be without my family this year? When most years as a therapist, <laughs> I'm sitting there go, listening to my family really triggers me. And how do I go back and have dinner with them? And, and it's like, wow, we really got to reassess our values. Some of us got to reinvent ourselves. And so it really is it's not about the the cup is half empty uh i think we naturally don't even think the cup is half empty i think we naturally think it's poison um, yeah. what if the cup were full what if it's half water and half air and i think and i it's all it really is it's all all comes down to how you look at things right and how you perceive things a couple of years ago i, I remember i broke my leg in well, I just snapped my leg, <laughs> broke it in two places. And uh, for a Don't split, do that. I know. <laughs> well, and especially because I was really charging through life, right? I was like, that, I had, oh, okay. had the had the good job. I was, you know, with, uh, getting ready. Um, at that point, I was uh, had already just married my wife. She was still in Australia. I was in California, but we was going back and forth. And it was like, boom, 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 boom. And then boom, that happened. And for a split second, I had that, that pity potty type thing where, you know, why me, this sucks. Oh my God, what's going to happen. It, and then, you know, am I going to lose my leg? Am I, you know, the whole thing, the, the dinosaur, you know, thing, right. The scary going all the way to, you go, you always go to full death, whatever it is. You've got a little spot. Yeah. You got a little spot on your shoulder. That's like, I'm going to die. So, so. Uh, for a split second that happened, but then I was able to just tune into the lesson in it. And what I found is that I needed to learn how to receive. Oh, wow. And cause I, that's not, that wasn't me. I was the, I was the giver. I was the taker. You know, I was the taking care of, of, of the situations. Um, I was a producer. So I, I made sure I put out the fires. Right. And mm -hmm. so it was a moment for me to actually sit back and say, okay, I need to learn how to receive and the gift to those that are helping me, right. Mm -hmm. Is that they're getting to, to, to give and to offer of service. And it totally changed my whole healing as well. Oh yeah. The yeah. And I, I wonder too, because, you know, I, I don't know how um, PG the show is. Can I, nah, can not I at all. Okay. So shit happens. <laughs> it's going to happen. And you can't, you can't help that. But what I point out to people sometimes, even though the visual is not a pleasant one, sometimes we sit in our emotional diapers and we want someone else to clean it all up for us. Um, but it's really up to us. Now, the, the, the thing that I loved about your story, but where I find people get lost is how. Like you can, you had this beautiful moment. You you looked in and, and you found out things about yourself. But most people don't understand when you say, you know, look look on the bright side or find the gratitude. How how do you do that? 
yeah. there are specific tools that we need to actually execute that. You can't just think, oh, I don't want to sit in my dirty diaper and the diaper magically disappears. Yes. You yes. need tools to clean, clean it up. So what, what helped you go inside? What did you do in that moment to come to that place? Well, I, I think one of the important things was, was that I did allow myself to grieve. Mm -hmm. I just didn't stay there forever. I didn't rent an apartment there. Do you know what I'm saying? Like I allowed myself to grieve. I allowed myself to, you know, all of the stuff that I wasn't able to do because of that. I allowed myself to recognize that and to mourn that, but I just didn't stay there. That's and right. and this is the thing that I think a lot of people have have problems with is and, and this goes back to even dealing with the 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 questions around the uncertainty around the pandemic is that we again and the spiral from, you know, not hearing from your loved one for an hour right. is is that we do tend to think of the worst, the worst case. And you're I mean, you're a therapist, you know, this people come to you all the time going in their minds over and over and over and over again, overthinking things and getting, working themselves up to a point where not only mentally they're, um, they're stressed, but physically their bodies. Yeah. Can you talk about that? The, the, the The connection between the physical and the mental. That's, that's such a huge thing. So I, I have a sign up in my lobby that says anxiety is a liar that predicts doom. Okay, and um, I, I have a center in, in Agora where even though I think I'm a good therapist and all my therapists here I feel are good therapists, there's a lot more to healing than talking and soothing the physical. So you may have heard me say this before, but if your dog is stressed out, you're not going to say, what triggered you, Fluffy? You're, <laughs> you know, you're, let's talk about it. You're going to soothe that animal. And we're mostly animals. So when we, we understand that our whole bodies are very primitive and the only advanced part is the thinking, but we let our thinking obsess on the primitive, um, is going back to soothing your body. So it, you're laying there with a broken leg. What can you do? You know, maybe put on some music or even TV, smell some good stuff, taste something that makes you feel good. Do some visualizations where you see yourself running in a field. And, you know, the body doesn't really know the difference between reality and virtual reality. And so when you create the feeling, like actually using not only your five senses, but your intuition to know I'm going to be okay. And how can I connect to that? First of all, I defy someone to, as an example, look into a fireplace, smell some hot chocolate or some aromatherapy and, and sing a song in your mind and try and think about your problems. It's impossible. You can't do all those things at once. So if you use up your channels with the sensation, with your physical self, then you can really quiet that brain down and allow the calming to come in. And the minute the brain starts up again, you go right back in. And what starts to happen is we actually each carry these little scents in our pockets that it's, you don't put it in your nose, but it's 
it's lavender or it's neroli or it's whatever. When I start stressing, my hand automatically goes into my pocket and I, I'm okay. And so my brain is trained to not go down that drain. And it's taken me a long time, but my brain is trained to go, nope, not going to go there. I'm going to go someplace that works. And I won't even, I don't even like surrounding myself with the toxicity of people who. Oh, girl, I hear you on that. I'm like, yeah. I'm out of here. If I feel that negative energy, that icky, same thing with client, with, with, with coaching client, like I'll, I'll pre-interview people because <laughs> I'm like, I want to know if I want to spend time with you, but you're <laughs> the, the tools, you know, and, and I guess we all have different tools depending, depending right. on who we are, how we grew up. Um, one thing with, I'll give this, this is one of my tricks when I, I, I'm not, I'm not a fan of going to the dentist. Okay. I don't know that many people. I love it. Yeah. I I love the feeling afterward, but I don't. And I have a little bit. No, I'm totally kidding. I don't like it. (laughs) No. And I, I have a little trauma about my mouth, about the issues that I've had. Right. And um, it's just from college stress and, and my, my, I've had so much dental work done and it was very painful. And so even when I go in for a cleaning, um, I, and I feel everything. So what, so what I, what I tend to do, and my dentist knows this now is when they're really like getting in there and it's starting to hurt. Number one, I hum, mm. I hum a song that is not even a song. I just, <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just hum. And then the, the mantra that I, that I say repeatedly is, and I, I've used this mantra for other things. It's only temporary. This is oh. only temporary. It's only temporary. Oh. It's gonna be. It's gonna be over in just a second. It's only yeah. temporary. You shall pass. I love that. It really helps because if not, I folk. If not, I'll focus on the pain, and then I'll get the anxiety and and it and then it hurts more. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, it totally does. I actually um, went for a biopsy last year about this time. Um, it turns out COVID had just burst out my lymph node. Don't get a mammogram just after you get a COVID vaccination. Oh my goodness. Um, I wouldn't let my brain go to, okay, you, you may have cancer. I I thought when, when, and if that happens, I will deal with that. But I actually downloaded a humorous podcast. And while I was getting my biopsy, I just listened to jokes and I just stayed in that happy world. And I was like, I'll cross that bridge when I come to it, but I'm not, I'm not assigning myself like that instant death. Um, and it's, that is the, that is so important. And I think that, I, I think that's the future of medicine as well. The, well, the future okay. of medicine being that, uh, and yes, listen, we need doctors and surgeons. I, I I'm very grateful that they were able to piece my leg back together again. And I couldn't just wish that, you know, I, I I couldn't do that, but the power of the mind in our healing process, the power of our, of our minds in, in our health and wellness, taking us to a healthier place, but also how it it could, you know, there's the placebo effect, which I'm, are you familiar with that? Oh yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the placebo for people who don't uh, know, 
um, they've done experiments where they somebody comes in with a white coat, the doctorate on, you know, the, the certificate on the wall, the stethoscope is a doctor and says, we have the latest and greatest uh, blood pressure medication. This thing is just amazing. The technology behind this blood pressure medication is insane. You take the pill and if you have high blood pressure, it goes to normal. If you have low blood pressure, it goes to normal. And you're the first person, you know, the first in a trial to, to get to experience this. If the person believes the white coat and the stethoscope and the thing on the wall and believes that doctor to know what they're talking about, when they take the pill, lo and behold, if they have high blood pressure, it levels off if they have low blood pressure. And they found that that pill is just a sugar pill, but it's the belief in that pill. Absolutely, absolutely. And a lot of our physical problems come from mental block. We, we don't, we're not taught how to express ourselves uh, in, an, in a way that's not, that doesn't evoke defense mechanisms. Um, and so we often speak through our bodies as a way of making a statement. We, we infect ourselves because we don't know how to bring it out in a healthy way. And something that I really hope is a movement that, that moves forward is we, we finally get that we're supposed to do preventative things for our physical health. You know, you take vitamin D, you take vitamin C, you, you do all the things you're supposed to do to keep your body good. But with mental health, we're just coming to the place where it's okay not to have shame around not feeling good mentally. And for, for me, I feel like, why aren't we out in the forefront there learning what helps us say good mentally? What, what keeps us in an up place rather than trying to drag ourselves out of the depths of depression and anxiety when we can finally admit that we're struggling? And we've there's so many, nature has created the most beautiful world for us. I read this article, actually my brother forwarded it to me, that soil has antidepressants in them, in it. When you dig into soil, it releases serotonin in your body. And there's so many things that we can do to bring out those feel good juices. So, you know, I was saying, sit and listen to music and look into a fireplace, whatever. You can also go out and surf or you can dig in the dirt, just something that distracts your mind. And I think we're in a, in a mindset of we have to do and we have to be productive. And if we're not being productive and we're not shopping or doing things for the house, or then we're not successful. And to me, success could, could be determined by the amount of joy that you work to bring into your life, like work for your joy. How much peace you have. Yes. Take time to go out into the garden and, and don't feel like you have to justify it. Well, and the, you're the founder of the missing peace center. And it's not like missing peace, like a piece. It's like peace. It's like, it's like, it's having that peace, having the ability to have peace of mind right yeah is i think that's a, the currency that's what we all are seeking although we're we're not told that we're not taught that we're not no. taught that in school 
And and speaking of school, you know, um, as we know, not only uh, are adults and and you know uh, moms and dads under stress through the pandemic, but let's talk about kids and let's talk about teenagers. My goodness, they've had, uh, you know, they've been pulled away from school, from that social interaction that you have at school, from education, from being engaged. Uh, there's a lot of fear of the unknown for them as well. We didn't have that when we were, we had different things that we dealt with, right? But not yeah. this, not to this level. Can you talk about, do you have many um, uh, teenagers or uh, young people in your practice? Well, this year, these last two years, we have seen a surge of 13 to 22 year olds that have been suicidal, severe depression, um, not being able to succeed in school, uh, and just feeling hopeless. And I feel like what the pandemic created in, in for, for the young people is extreme isolation, which as, as a teenager, as a kid, I mean, the hardest thing about school wasn't the work, it was, it was the acceptance, at least for me, you know, fitting in. Why don't people like me? Why don't, you know, it isn't until, you know, <laughs> well, I've been sober 15 years, but until you like get high for the first time, you're like, oh, people do kind of like me, but it's really your own inner message. Um, and again, we're, we're not taught at a young age how to have those positive react interactions but what made it worse, I think, for the teenagers is they are being flooded with hormones that they have never felt before. And I don't know about you, and I tell you that for the most part, I really love my life. I know how to take myself down the drain. The only, up the funnel, rather. The only thing that really I have a tough time fighting is hormones. When, when, when the menopause waves come through, God help me, you know, it's, it's, it's grasping onto all my tools with all of my might. Now you take teenagers, well, a lot of teenagers, and they, they taught me this in school, when they feel love for the first time with those, those hormones, they do not think you understand how they feel or that you ever possibly could have felt that way because they've never felt that way. And if it's right. new to them, it must be something you don't experience. So you take all those feelings of despair, isolation, uh, cyber bullshit, uh, and, and the attention span that re is required to do online classes. Oh my God. And the poor parents trying to keep them on task. It was just a, a perfect storm for, for mental spiraling for teenagers. It's been so hard for them. Well, and especially the isolation. And I think that we're not going to realize the effects of the isolation uh, for quite some time. But the, those, those effects on young people, especially in a very critical time of their life, like you were saying, right? Mm -hmm. uh, we're not going to know what those long-term effects are for, for some time. For someone like me, who, you know, I'm an adult, uh, 50 plus 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 and for me the it was a little there were moments where I was getting a little 
island crazy, right? Just being here and not being able to go out into society. But I was able to, I'm, I'm used to being uh, alone and isolated with my work. I'm just on the, I'm on the computer. I have clients around the world that I can work with. But for a young person who hasn't seen the world yet, hasn't interacted and, and gone out to, you have to go out and experience life, right? To know, oh, I like that. I don't like that. I like that feeling. Um, uh, that experience was something I'll remember. They just remember for a big block of time being in the rooms, you know, well, being in the house. And call me a, a, a crazy optimist. Um, I really believe in the universe and I trust the universe and what it does. And it's interesting to me that we've, we've had a whole generation of people who have grown up on the computer and looking into their phones. And, and now all of a sudden they need to get out. And isn't that an interesting balance that nature created? Like, okay, you guys are isolating too much. So we're gonna take that way over the top so that you wanna go out, so that you wanna mix with people, so that you want the face-to-face. -face. And so I can't help but wonder if that's not the universe or nature or whatever sort of creating an environment that creates a desire for what was slowly being lost, potentially. I you know, I, if, if, yeah, as long as I, if, if we could get our teenage son out of his room and <laughs> out into right? nature, you know what we did when, and recently we went, we just, we tried to do a camping adventure. We got rained out, but the one day that we had, my, my wife and I both were very, were actually really impressed with our teenagers who they couldn't get cell phone reception. <laughs> this is a tip to parents out there. You go somewhere where there's no cell phone reception. Um, but they really, grew up. <laughs> they really, you know, stepped in and they've never been camping before. I mean, that's something I did when I was like, you know, eight. I started Girl Scouts, you know, all that good stuff. Sure. But um, but they were actually for the first time they were talking to each other and and then they were being helpful and 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 even our son who's who's very much on his phone a, a lot, he was even commenting, you know what, this is kind of this is really nice. He had a he was reading a book. Wow. So there's my tip to parents. Go far enough away out in nature where they cannot have cell phone reception yeah yeah help people get out of their own way i mean we need it too we need it too we do we need it too absolutely I to books and i recently around thanksgiving i went up to a friend's farmhouse and she and i just collected wood and watched the snowfall and i read two real books like tactile books instead of listening to a book it was wonderful. I still like real books I like I like the feel of, of a real book I do and even my, my book is my book is available in paperback and in kindle but Ooh. I still I like the feel of the I like the pages I like to and yeah I'm the person who folds the page over I just because that's too. where I'm at I yeah do okay too. I do too. <laughs> um Laura I wanted uh we would be remiss if we did not um offer also just a few tips for people. Um, maybe there's young people that are listening to this right now or watching this and wanting to um, help themselves get through this, this time, this period of time, uh, especially over the anxiety uh, aspect, the, 
the depression, I know that that can be a lot from earlier traumas that, that we experienced. We haven't even, we didn't even get into the whole childhood trauma thing, which I'll have to have you come back on the show and, and talk about that. Oh, um, Cause I know that you deal, that's, that's one of your specialties, but um, oh, regarding anxiety, what are some things that we can do in addition to, you know, maybe listening to some music or going into nature? What are some things that have helped you uh, and, and your clients that you've worked with? So this is going to sound corny, uh, but I wish teenagers could know now how special they are and how important they are and how every single person is different. We are like snowflakes and we, you know, speaking about the primitive, there's, there's the reason why we have such a need to be accepted is because an outcast literally meant you were cast out of the cave, which meant certain death. And so we perceive our, our need for inclusion as, as vital. But I am telling you, no matter who you are, there are people out there for you. But the best way to find them is to love yourself, find out what is unique and special about you, and do it no matter what anybody says. And if, if you have a love for green peacock toes, there are other people out there, as strange as that sounds, cultivate your love, your desires. Uh, if it feels good to you, do it. I'm not talking about drugs and alcohol. I'm talking about taking care of yourself and your own intuition. And listen to that inside voice because you were brought here for a reason and you just don't know what that reason is. And what, what I'm going to reiterate is what you said earlier. A lot of teenagers tend to go to that suicidal place. And what I tell people is you don't make a permanent decision for a temporary situation. It is impossible to be in the same situation at 14 as you will be at 30. So don't ever do that. And think about what about your life it is that you do like. It may be just that you like dogs. It, it could be anything. But figure out what it is that you don't like. Figure out how to deal with that. And then you get to keep the rest of it. But the most important thing is love yourself and be nice to yourself. If you find yourself talking to yourself like, you're fat, you're stupid, you're this, you're that. If a friend talked to you that way, you'd say, hey, get out of my house. So don't talk to yourself that way. Be your own best friend. Oh, that's that's so important. That's such important advice because we are many times our own worst enemy and our biggest critic. Oh, yeah, yeah. I deal with that a lot. I've worked with some with some wonderful people who are so talented, so smart. They have so much to give the world. And they beat themselves up and they think that, you know, like I look stupid or I'm, you know, I, especially being on camera and things like that, they're, they're very hard on themselves. And it's like, you're brilliant. Are you kidding? You got to share your, you got to share your wealth of information, your beautiful spirit with the world. So um, thank you so very much. Laura Rhodes Levin, again, thank you for being on out of the box with Christine. Uh, If people want to find out more about the work you do, they can go to your website, correct? Yes, yes. And and that is missingpeaceforanxiety.com. That's missingpeace, 
www.4anxiety.com with the number four. And don't worry about the spelling because we'll have a link in the show notes. You can just click on that and check out all the great work that my guest, Laura Rhodes Levin, has been doing. Thank Thank you so much. So much and blessings to you and your wife and your kids and all your future camping trips. Thank you. And will you come back? We can talk more. We can, we can talk about trauma, childhood trauma. That'll be fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, thank, you. thank you. It's an honor. Uh, my pleasure. My pleasure. And thank you, wonderful listeners and viewers, those of you on YouTube for tuning in. If you want to make sure you don't miss another episode, please click subscribe, like, click the bell, all those good things. And if you want more information about the podcast, go to outofthebuxwithchristine.com. If you want more information about me, go to christineblasdale.com. All the links will be in the show notes so you won't miss a thing. Until next time, as I always say, remember to think outside of that damn box. (laughs) (laughs) Bye for now.